premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible, as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Well, hey folks, this is Joe Russiello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to this on, it's always my prayer that you find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast on our Sunday afternoon service. Folks, I hope you had a great day in the Lord. I love Sundays. I love getting up, getting to church, getting for Bible study at 10 o'clock, and then the morning service. And I'll tell you, uh, today's Bible study at, uh, at my church and the uh, morning service, our pastor was really uh, preaching some really great, great material. And uh, it was a real blessing, uh, uh, impacted me in a number of different ways on a number of different levels, and I'm really very thankful for it. But folks, I hope you guys had a great day so far in the Lord. I hope you got to church this morning. And uh, one thing that I do want to say, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again from time to time, I sincerely hope that nobody listening skips church for things like this like what we're doing here, uh, listening to a podcast, listening to a, a live uh, Sunday service like we're doing, whether it's with this show or any other show, should never substitute your attendance at your local Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church. So I really hope that nobody's skipping church for this, and if you are, you need to repent, okay? And uh, you, you need to get back to church. It's, it's extremely important to have fellowship with the saints at a local church. So uh, I hope you're not doing that, and I hope you are actually uh, attending a physical church service every week, at least once a week. It would be great if you could be there for every time the service, every time the doors are open at the church, but, you know, you know work, sometimes you can't. There are legitimate reasons why you can't get to church, and that's fine. But uh, don't substitute going to church with this. Okay? We good? All right. Well, folks, uh, we have our Sunday afternoon service here. We're going to be getting into the, uh, to the message in just a little bit. As you know, on Sundays, we go through our complete prayer list in detail. So that'll take us a little bit. Uh, we had some additions to the prayer list today. Uh, so uh, we'll get to that in just a few minutes also. But before we do anything, I'm going to ask you to head over to our website, com, and when you get over there, visit our contact section and go to the web form, send us out a message, let us know whatever you're thinking about, your heart, your mind, any questions, comments, concerns that you might have, and also, importantly, your prayer requests. Uh, we, I love getting your prayer requests. I love getting uh, just encouraging little notes from you guys. I, I really do appreciate it. It's a, it's a real blessing for me. Uh, 
And uh, if you don't like to use the web form, that's fine. You could also email me at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And also, while you're on the website, if you could look for that support this podcast button, uh, and uh, would you please consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You can set it up for 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. Now, I know the economy's tight. It's hard for a lot of us um, right now. Uh, we're all feeling the pinch of record high inflation, energy prices, gas prices, food prices, you name it. Everything's going up, 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 and up. And hopefully the church will be going up, 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 and up very, very soon. But uh, if you could make a one-time contribution in any amount, uh, that would be greatly appreciated as well. I would be very thankful to get it. Uh, you can do that also on our website by clicking on the Waygiver button. So pray about it. And if it's something that you feel the Lord is leading you to do, if these broadcasts and podcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, uh, and if you'd like to be an active part of this ministry, your contribution will go a very, very long way, and I would be really thankful for it. Now, of course, as always, I'd like to say thank you first and foremost to the Lord Jesus Christ for giving me the opportunity to serve him and for allowing me to have this ministry. Uh, just getting here behind the mic with the Bible, with my, uh, with, with my notes, and to share what I've learned in my studies of the Scripture. And I'm very, very thankful for that. And I'm thankful, of course, to every single one of you who pray for us on a regular basis. Thank you for your prayers. They are so important to us. They are more important to us than you can possibly imagine. And, of course, thank you to all of you who already support us financially. And, of course, to all of our listeners who listen in regularly every single show that we put out, uh, every podcast, every live episode. Thank you so much for doing so. By you doing that, um, what happens is it affects the algorithm for the searches for the show. Uh, that and also, uh, you know, liking, subscribing, and sharing it, and giving reviews. So uh, the more the more you listen, uh, the the better the algorithm uh, is for us, and we get into those search results and higher up into the search results, and uh, people can find us a lot easier. And so those are folks that are looking for a Bible study or they're looking for a, a, a Sunday afternoon uh, preaching service, kind of like what we do, uh, that all helps. So thank you so much for tuning in and thank you so much for uh, putting us up, especially if you're listening to us on Good Pods. Uh, I know I talk about Good Pods a lot. I run spots for them. Uh, I don't get compensated for it in any way. That's just how much I like the product and how much I liked the app that they put out. Uh, on Good Pods right now, because of the amount of listens and the downloads we've been getting, we are the number one podcast in uh, religion and spirituality. We're the number one podcast in uh, Christianity. We are number two overall uh, in the indie charts for the last week, and right now we are the number one uh, for this week. Uh, so thank you so much to everybody for, for your downloads for tuning in for the plays thank you so much it's uh it's really amazing to see how the lord is using us uh i was also looking at um some of our other statistics and i do have an announcement to make which i'll do in just a few minutes when we get to that section um but uh thank you i mean our reach has gone out around the world and it's amazing 
It really is and truly amazing. And thank you so much to all of you for that. Now, folks, if you're in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, would you please consider visiting us over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our Sunday worship service is at 11. Our evening service on Sunday is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study is at 7 p.m. For more information, you can always visit the church's Facebook page. Just log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. And once you get there, you'll find lots of helpful information as well as episodes of this podcast. But of course, wherever you're listening, whether it's on Facebook, Spotify, iHeart, wherever it is, like, subscribe, and share it. Give it a five-star review if, if you feel it deserves it. Uh, and just make sure you get that sharing out with your friends, your family, and your followers and help us to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, it's extremely important today to get the gospel out. So if you haven't been, if you've been kind of slacking back on it a little bit, you got to pick it up. you got to get the gospel out. There are some great resources out there for free that you can get. If you need gospel tracts, I would encourage you to go over to the Fellowship Tract League. Uh, you, can, uh, you can request from a wide variety in their catalog, uh, gospel tracts of all types, uh, and they'll send them to you for free. So there really isn't any excuse. So you can get them and give them out. Um, and that's just a tremendous opportunity for us because you don't always have the time to sit and talk to someone, but you can give them the gospel tract. You can leave a gospel tract at the gas station. That's what I do. I leave it on the pump. You can leave it at the ATM machine. You can leave it in a restaurant. You, anywhere you go. You just drop a track down. When you go to the bank, you can give it to your teller. When you pay your bills, if you still pay your bills by sending out a physical check, hey, just drop a track in the, in the envelope. Send it out. Anytime I send out my, my taxes to the IRS, I drop gospel tracks in there, and I'm praying that someday someone over there will get saved. Amen? Amen. All right, so before I get in trouble, uh, well, let's go on to uh, our announcements. All right, folks, don't forget our Thursday night Bible study. We've been going through the five T's, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, and Titus. We are now going into uh, 1st Timothy chapter 6. We'll be coming up this Thursday, Lord willing. Uh, that's at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And, of course, the, uh, the study will be uploaded as a podcast uh, shortly after the live session ends. Uh, it's a great study. I've been, it's been a real blessing, and we're moving our way through. Uh, we got First Timothy chapter six coming up, and then going going to go right into Second Timothy, and then from Second Timothy, we'll move on. And then, uh, as I mentioned last week, we're going to be going into the book of Revelation uh, shortly uh, after Titus. Now, it's going to be a challenge. I've sat under a lot of teaching of Revelation, uh, different preachers, different pastors, different teachers but I've never taught through Revelation myself. So this will be an experience for myself and hopefully be a blessing to you. Uh, November 24th, Thanksgiving Day, there will not be a live show. Okay, so no live show for us on Thanksgiving. We will, however, have our live show on Friday the 25th at 7 p.m., 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Same time, just different day. All right. Uh, if you're interested in prepping, I would recommend you to check out uh, the Contra Radio Network. Uh, the Contra Radio Network is a podcast and vidcast for listeners and subscribers of the Contra Radio Network, focusing on the issues concerning 
uh, concerns of discerning preppers and patriots. And it's also available on all of your major podcasting platforms. You can find them at crn.best. Uh, one of our listeners emailed and said that they were trying crn.best and it wasn't working. I find that you have to put the www.crn.best and it'll get you right where you're supposed to go. All right. Uh, really a good amount of information on there. Some really good programming. Uh, I would recommend it. I check them out you know, frequently. So uh, check them out. And you'll also find us on there as well. So, folks, don't, don't forget to sign up for the programming announcements, uh, the email list that we're, we're building right now. Uh, you can do that by going over to the subscription box on our homepage on our website. Just fill it out, and uh, you'll get put on our mailing list. And anytime we have a programming change, like there will be one going out to remind everybody about the November 25th, uh, 24th, 25th change. Uh, so we'll be sending that out sometime in the next week uh, just so you're aware of it and get, get it up on your calendar. Uh, we're not going to sell your information. We're not going to spam you, but we just want to get you on the list so you can get information and reminders about shows, about uh, programming changes, guests, and whatnot. So uh, just fill it out on the, web, on the website, sortofthespiritpodcast.com, right there on the homepage. All right. Uh, don't forget, also, uh, on the website, we have our sword swag. Uh, we have mugs and T-shirts. We have uh, mugs for a contribution of $25 and T-shirts for a contribution of $35. They're really nice. I'm wearing my uh, Sword of the Spirit podcast T-shirt right now, actually. And I have my, my tea right here because I have a killer sore throat still. It's really driving me crazy. Uh, I got my green tea with honey and lime, and I'm drinking out of my Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mug. So uh, you can get those on our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, under the Sword Swag uh, tab. Now, for the announcement that I wanted to tell you, uh, in looking over our numbers, uh, yesterday we hit a milestone. And again, this is all has to do with, first of all, the Lord Jesus Christ and His blessing. This also has to do with you guys uh, downloading and playing and, uh, and sharing. We have reached 2,000 plays since we started. Now, how great is that? I think that's fantastic. And it's totally unexpected, and uh, it's just a tremendous, tremendous blessing uh, that we have, uh, that we've reached that milestone. Uh, that we hit that milestone last night. I checked about uh, about midnight or so, and when I checked this morning, it is higher than that. We're about uh, 2010 or 2012 uh, downloads right now. So again, thank you so much to everybody. Thank you. Uh, it's a re- you're a real blessing to me, and I appreciate it. All right, so what we're going to do here, we're going to take our usual break before we get into our prayer requests. And uh, just don't forget, our prayer requests are the, uh, the full-length prayer requests, so it's going to take us a little bit to get through with all the additions that uh, have been put in. So uh, we're going to take a break here, and when we come back, we'll get into the prayer list. All right, stay with us. Don't go away. Oh, what's me? 
JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening.
Well, amen, and welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Ruscello, and we're going to get into our prayer requests. Uh, first and foremost, folks, we always pray for those that are in need of salvation. Salvation is the single most important decision that you have to make in your life. Single most important decision. Eternity is in the balance with what you decide to do with the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, folks, I told you, your salvation has nothing to do with the church you go to, your baptism, your, uh, your good works, how much money you give. Uh, if you take a cookie from a priest or sit in a little box and tell them everything that you've done wrong, none of that saves you. None of that saves you. The only thing, the only thing, that saves you is putting your full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that the blood that Jesus Christ shed was God's pure blood. It was sinless. It was perfect, untainted, very much different from ours. And the only way that you can get rid of the, the disease of sin is by getting a blood transfusion, getting rid of your contaminated blood and replacing it with the perfect, sinless, pure blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the only way you can get that is by putting your full faith, trust, and confidence in it and in him. So for salvation today, we're still praying for my mom, Diane, we're still praying for my sister, Laura, my granddaughter, Carmela, and we're praying for David in New York City. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for the gift of salvation that you've given us through the Lord Jesus Christ, through the blood that was spilled on the cross of Calvary. Father, we thank you that because of that sacrifice that you made on our behalf to pay our sin debt, we have access to the throne of grace. We have access to the glory of heaven. And we have access to your mercies. Father, we just ask you today to save my mother, my sister, my granddaughter, to save David. Lord, please draw them to yourself. Work in their hearts. Speak to them through the power of your Holy Spirit. Draw them to yourself that they might be saved. And we will thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, uh, so we have an update on uh, Pastor Martin. Uh, Pastor Martin is now 89 years old. And uh, earlier, uh, I'm sorry, yesterday, uh, he had spoken to our pastor. They have a, they have a daily call. Uh, and he spoke to our pastor yesterday, and it's, uh, he's very upset. Um, and I'll, I'll confess that when, when our pastor mentioned it today um, at church, uh, it, uh, it really impacted me as well. But uh, Pastor Martin's eyesight has failed. Uh, he can't see, and uh, that is devastating for him in more ways than one. Uh, 
so we want to pray for Pastor Martin. Uh, we want to pray that uh, the Lord would just touch his body and bring him comfort and bring him grace. We're also uh, still praying for my mom, for her health concerns. Bernice, uh, Bernice is a member of our church, and she's been battling cancer for uh, quite some time now. Uh, she's undergoing uh, chemo treatments, and um, so we want to pray for her for that. Also, that um, there, there was some, I'm not 100% clear on what this procedure is, so I'm not going to dwell on it or give too much information about it, but apparently they make some kind of a, a vaccine from her own blood, and um, so she's been, they've been using that, and uh, she's been experiencing some side effects. And if I'm wrong, uh, if I'm if I'm misunderstanding what I was told, forgive me for that, and I'll correct it when I get um, more accurate information. But uh, we want to pray for uh, Bernice for the chemotherapy she's going through and for these side effects that she's been uh, dealing with from these uh, these vaccines uh, that she's been given. And so uh, we're going to continue to pray for her. Uh, we're also going to pray for her mom and for the uh, the health issues that her mom is going through. Uh, Bernard Mowry is uh, scheduled for surgery uh, tomorrow. If you remember, Bernard Mowry is uh, having problems with his back, and it was determined that he needed surgery, and tomorrow is the day. So we want to pray for uh, uh, Bernard Mowry for the, his back surgery tomorrow. Uh, we're praying for Alan uh, in dealing with his uh, prostate cancer and for uh, his upcoming surgery. I don't have a date for that yet. When I do, I'll let you know. So, uh, But we're going to continue to pray for him. Uh, Amy is asking for prayer in dealing with the flu. Kehlani, still, we're praying for um, uh, for her health concerns, and we're going to lift her up to you and for her family. And uh, we're also praying for uh, Janae. Uh, Janae is having some heart problems, and I know she has some appointments coming up. And once I get an update on that, I will let you know that as well. So let's go to the Lord in prayer for those on our sick list. Heavenly Father, we want to pray tonight for uh, Pastor Martin. Uh, we want to lift him up to you, Lord. Uh, as always, Father, we're thankful that you used him as you have over the course of, of his life in the service of the gospel and the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, we want to pray uh, for him today, particularly uh, over his eyesight. Lord, we pray that you would bring him some comfort. We pray that you would bring him some uh uh, a measure of grace that he's going to need, Lord, to um, to uh, adjust to this setback in his his everyday life. Lord, we know how much he loved to spend time reading from your word every day. But Lord, uh, now that uh, his eyesight has failed, um, I know that's not going to be possible. But Lord, I pray that you would uh, just help him to adjust to that and in other opportunities for him to get into the word and stay in your word. Uh, would be made available to him through his children, through the folks in his church. And Father, we just want to thank you so much for him, for his life, of his service. And uh, we just continue to pray for him and lift him up to you. Lord, we also want to continue to pray for my mom, for her ongoing health concerns. Um, Lord, uh, there's a number of things going on uh, connected to oxygen, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and just uh, adjusting to everything at home and for, you know, all these just everyday aches and pains uh, of her life. So, Lord, we just want to just continue to pray for her. 
We pray for her salvation. We pray for her health. We pray, Lord, you would give her grace and uh, give her clarity of thought. Lord, just uh, touch her and, and bring comfort to her. Uh, Lord, we're also praying for Bernice, uh, for the chemotherapy that she's going through. We're praying, Lord, for the side effects uh, from these vaccines that uh, she's been t- she's been getting, that uh, they would subside, and Lord, uh, that you would just get her back up on her feet. We also pray uh, for her mom as well. Lord, we pray for her mom's health concerns. Lord, we pray that you would just touch them both. You would bring healing where healing is needed. We pray that you would just guide their doctors as they uh, as they develop the treatments that. Um, that she'll be going through. And Lord, we just lift her up to you today and uh, we'll thank you for that. Father, we're going to pray for Bernard Mowry uh, going for surgery tomorrow. Lord, we pray that you would just guide the surgeons as they perform this delicate work on his back. Lord, we lift him up to you. We ask you just to bring a healing to his body, give him strength, give him grace, uh, and Lord, help him to recover as quickly as possible. We're also praying for Alan for prostate cancer. Lord, we pray that... uh, as he's going through treatments and waiting for surgery, Lord, that you would bring a healing to his body. He loves you, Lord. We know that, and we're thankful for that. And Father, we just pray that you would just uh, just, just bring comfort to him, bring him grace as well, and uh, just help him to, uh, to work his way through this. And we'll thank you for that. Lord, we lift up Amy to you for, uh, for battling the flu. Lord, we just pray that you would bring her a swift recovery. For Kehlani, for her ongoing medical concerns, Lord, we just lift her up to you as well, uh, and her family, and Lord, we just pray that um, that uh, uh, as she's going through her medical issues, Lord, that uh, uh, it wouldn't uh, impact our family life uh, in such a great way, and we'll thank you there. And Lord, we also want to lift up uh, Janae, uh, who's going through some problems with her heart right now. Lord, we just pray that um, that the doctors would properly treat and di- diagnose and treat uh, the problem, and that they would bring um, you would enable healing. Lord, that you would just give her comfort uh, as she as she goes through this and the strength that she needs to handle it. Father, for all of these on our sick list, we lift them up to you. We ask you, Lord, to touch each and every one of them according to your will for their lives, and we'll thank you and we'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, moving down our list. Um, so I, I want to pray for um, Alex Herrera. Uh, Alex Herrera is uh, he's a brother in Christ. He's a, a friend. Uh, we he's he fell in some really difficult times, and we have lost contact. And I have not heard from him in quite some time. Uh, I attempted to reach out to him uh, yesterday and again today, and uh, I, I have not been able to reach him. I don't know if he has a new phone number or if something's changed, but uh, I have to find his email address so I can possibly email him, and perhaps that still works. But we want to pray for him. I'm not sure what his condition is, but the Lord put him on my mind today, so I definitely want to have him on top of our prayer list. Uh, we're also going to pray for uh, for Jude in New York. Uh, he's, he's my brother-in-law. He's a contractor. We're going to pray for his business. Uh, Lord, we're also, want to, we're also going to pray for George. Uh, George has put in a new bid on a contract, uh, a different contract than it was that we were waiting for the last time, which I think I updated you. Uh, we, uh, we did get news that the, his contract bid was approved with the city. So this is something else. This is a different contract. So we want to pray for that uh, and uh, that the Lord will move quickly on it and help him to secure this contract for himself, for his business, and for his family. Uh, we also want to pray for uh, Brother Robert. Robert, uh, he's a National Guardsman. I spoke to him a little while ago uh, via text. 
Uh, he has asked for prayer for several of his fellow guardsmen for salvation. So that's important, and we're going to do that. Um, he didn't give me their names, but I know that the Lord knows who they are, so um, we know the Lord can answer that prayer. He also asked for prayer for the morale of, uh, of the men working along the border, the soldiers on the border. Uh, it's pretty low right now, so uh, we're going to pray for them as well. We also want to pray for all of the Border Patrol agents, National Guard, and local law enforcement that are working along the border here, keeping us safe. We're also going to pray for our local, local state, and federal elected officials. Um, we want to pray for them especially. Uh, we also want to pray for Angel, uh, who's going through her, preg- her first pregnancy. Uh, we're going to pray for uh, Isabella and her walk with the Lord. Jessica has asked for prayer for uh, a job opportunity uh, that's been presented. Uh, Trevor, uh, Trevor, you might remember, Trevor uh, came to know the Lord through our ministry here. Trevor has asked for prayer for his walk with the Lord. Uh, Tony is asking for uh, prayer for witnessing opportunities at the job. Uh, uh, Robert is asking for prayer. This is another Robert uh, for traveling. Uh, So we're asking for travel mercies for Robert. And Adam and Bernice are on the road, and so we're going to pray for them as well for travel mercies. Our Heavenly Father, we want to just lift up uh, Alex Herrera to you first and foremost, Lord. We want to just pray for his safety. We want to pray, Lord, that uh, that he's in a good place right now. Uh, I remember, Lord, the last that we spoke, he was going through some really difficult times. So, Lord, we want to pray for him. Uh, we know he had to make a move. He had to leave Florida, uh, had to go uh, back up to New York, and then back down to Florida again. So, Lord, we just want to pray for him. Not sure exactly where he is right now, Lord, but you do, and I just pray that you would just protect him wherever that is, hedge him about from those that would do him harm, and Lord, uh, just help us to get into contact with each other so I could uh, talk to him uh, personally about what's going on. Lord, we also want to pray for uh, Jude, uh, my brother-in-law, back in New York for his business. Uh, We're praying for George. We're lifting up this new bid on a contract for him. Lord, we pray that you would uh, please help him to get that contract. Uh, so it would benefit himself, his family, his and his, his business. Uh, Brother Robert, we're praying for him, uh, for his safety and his protection as he serves down here on the border. Uh, we also pray that uh, you would give him every opportunity to uh, get home to see his family and that uh, his schedule would open up to allow him to come to have fellowship with us over at church, uh, either on a Wednesday night or a Sunday or both uh, would be a real blessing for us. Uh, we're also praying for those uh, those fellow guardsmen, Uh, for their salvation. Lord, we know you know who they are, and we we just lift them up to you, and we pray that you would use Robert in a mighty way uh, to to draw them to the Lord Jesus Christ, to to point them in the right direction, and that, Lord, that you would save them. We also want to pray for the morale of uh, those soldiers that are working along the border, those Border Patrol agents, the National Guard, law enforcement working along the border, that you would just hedge them up, protect them, Lord, uh, give them the skills and the abilities they need to perform their duties, uh, and, and just boost their morale, Father God. We just pray this, and we'll thank you for it. Lord, we also want to pray for our local, state, and federal elected officials. Father, we pray that um, that you would just uh, be a blessing to them as they, as they represent us uh, to the government, and Lord, that uh, you would raise up good, godly people around them, if they're not already saved, uh, that they would get saved. And, Lord, that uh, through the decisions that they have to make, Lord, that uh, we would still be able to live a quiet and peaceable life, as the Scripture tells us we ought to search for. 
Lord, we also want to pray for Angel for her first pregnancy. Lord, we lift her up to you. We just ask you to bless her and give her strength. We pray for her husband, Alex, as uh, as uh, he's uh, going through this with her as well. Lord, we just lift him up and ask you to protect and, and work with him uh, on his job. Father, we also want to pray for uh, Isabella, who's asking for prayer for her walk with the Lord, Jessica, for uh, a job opportunity to present itself. Lord, we just uh, ask you to honor that prayer, please. Father, we pray for Trevor, for his walk, Tony, for uh, an opportunity to witness to folks that he works with, uh, for Robert as he's traveling uh, uh, from from Texas to Mexico and back. We pray that, uh, I'm sorry, not Mexico, Uvalde. Uh, we pray that you would give him travel mercies and protection. And Lord, we also want to pray for Adam and Bernice as they're traveling uh, back to Texas. Lord, we just lift them all up to you. We ask you, Father God, just to protect them, just to uh, just to bring them to us safely. Uh, for those that are traveling, for those that have uh, witnessing needs, job opportunity needs, Lord, we just lift them up to you. Uh, we pray for those that are looking for their walk in the Lord. Lord, we pray that you would just walk along with them, guide their steps, uh, point them in the right direction. For Alex, for Jude, George, Robert, the Border Patrol, Lord, we just continue to pray for them every single day. And we'll thank you for answered prayer for them. In Jesus' name, amen. And then, of course, we have our unspoken prayer requests. We have uh, Eduardo Rodriguez uh, with an unspoken prayer request, uh, Dan with an unspoken, uh, Jim Hall with an unspoken, uh, George also with an unspoken prayer request. And uh, in the chat group, uh, Brother Jason has asked for uh, to be added to the list for an unspoken prayer request. So, Heavenly Father, we want to commit the uh, unspoken prayers of our prayer requests of our hearts, Lord, those needs and concerns that we have that we just can't put words to. But, Lord, we know that you know what they are, and, Lord, we trust your perfect will for us and that you'll answer any of those prayers according to that will, and we will thank you for it and give you all the blessings and the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, folks, well, that comes to the end of our prayer list. Uh, if you have any prayer requests, please don't forget, uh, head over to swordofthespiritpodcast.com. You can send it to us through the web form. And uh, uh, if you don't like to use the web form, email me directly, uh, info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com, info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and I'll be sure to add it to the uh, the prayer list. Uh, so no questions set up to be answered from our listeners today. But uh, I, do, I do have a funny story, though. So um, uh, this has to do with my mom and her health. Okay, my sister uh, told me this yesterday. She had called me about this, and it's really quite funny. So um, my mom is uh, is connected to an oxygen tank pretty much 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, she's not the healthiest person <laughs> in the world. Um, however, uh, I mean, my mom doesn't leave the house unless my sister's with her uh, and they're going to doctor's appointments or, or some food shopping or, or something, but she's never outside of the house alone. All right. And that's primarily because she's hooked up to an oxygen tank. So uh, yesterday, my sister um, called me about a letter that she received from the homeowners association that um, that uh, where my mom lives, uh, informing us that uh, my mom has been seen uh, outside the house with a leaf blower. <laughs> okay, 
uh, blowing leaves from the front of her house to the neighbors' houses around, and that if she doesn't uh, cease and desist, there will be fines and other penalties assessed to her. Now, again, we pray for my mom every week, every day, for her health. My mom is not a healthy person. There is no possible way that she could be out there uh, doing this. And um, so uh, I just, it made me think of it, you know, I, we do need to continue to pray uh, for my mom for that. And that's something else that we should pray about, pray about too. And we're going to do that right now. And I should have added it on a little earlier, but the Lord put it in my head now to do it. So Heavenly Father, we want to pray for this situation that my mom and my sister are dealing with right now back in New York. Uh, with this homeowners association, with this whole leaf blower mess. And Lord, you know what the details of this thing is. And you know that there is no possibility that this is my mom doing it. But Lord, we just pray that you would just uh, just help my sister deal with this calmly. I know how my sister can be. Uh, just help her to deal with this calmly and uh, to resolve this without any penalties or or. Uh, uh, or any kind of difficulty that could arise from it. No legal involvement in this in any way. So, Lord, we just want to commit that to you, and just we just pray that for uh, calm heads and cool heads on both sides, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's just a funny story that the Lord brought to my mind, especially for the need for prayer. So, uh, All right, so what we'll do here is we'll take our next break before we go into our message for the day. Uh, so... Uh, this will give you a chance, of course, to go get your King James Bible if you don't already have it. Grab yourself your cup of coffee, bottle of water, or some tea like I have. And uh, when we get back from this, this short break, we're going to get into our Sunday message on real compassion. We'll be right back.
This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. And welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello. Hey, folks, I forgot to mention that the uh, chat room is open if you want to jump on in there. We got a couple of guys going. Uh, let's see. We got uh, Brother Jason, as always. I mentioned him before. Uh, John is in there. Kurt's in there. And uh, John said, uh, talking about my mother's situation, John said, that's hysterical. But praying for everyone, including your mom's situation. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Uh, Kurt asked if they have any pictures of it and what proof do they have. And um, the answer to that is, well, none, as far as I know at this point. Um, Got to remember, my mom's in, in her 70s. She's infirmed. She's had a stroke. It's connected to oxygen 24-7. Uh, it, there has to be a misunderstanding or, a, or a, a mistake somewhere along the way there. But we'll trust the Lord to work it all out. And uh, I know my sister's on it, and she's like a little bulldog, so there shouldn't be a problem there. All right, folks, uh, we're going to get into our study uh, for tonight, our message for tonight, I should say. Uh, Preaching and teaching are similar in a lot of ways, but also different in a lot of ways. So this is more of a preaching service than than one of our Bible studies. So if you would, would you take your Bibles and uh, turn over to um, Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. Now, I had... um, I had several different thoughts and ideas about what I was going to be uh, doing today. Originally, I said I was going to do a word study of some type, but um, it just didn't kind of pan out. I, and I think what ended what eventually ended up happening was I put together four outlines, and uh, the problem was that none of them really rang my bell. When you preach and when you teach, you have to you have to have something that's ringing your bell, even just a little bit. Because if you can't get into it, then you can't expect your audience to really get into it. Does that make sense? So uh, I ended up praying about it, and I asked the Lord to show me what he wanted me to bring to you guys. And, and this particular passage came to mind. So I looked at the passage. I read it over and over again, and then, but nothing really like jumped out at me, and nothing really came to me. 
So I ended up walking away from it for a little bit, and I thought about it, I prayed about it, and I said, Lord, I, I, I truly believe that this is a passage that, um, that's, that you put on my heart, you put on my mind, and I think you put it there for a reason. But uh, you're going to have to give me something here to work with because I, I'm, I'm not getting anything out of it. And eventually it came. Eventually it came. You know, I heard a preacher say one time that when he gets a text, he would read that text 30 times before he started doing anything with it. And I think that's pretty good advice. You know, read it 30 times. Read the text 30 times. And, you know, God will give you something. God will give you something. Well, here we are over in Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. And we're going to get into verse number 11. Let me just grab a sip of tea. Oh, that's good. Uh, Nothing like drinking nice hot tea from my Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mug. Just a little commercial. All right, Luke chapter 7 and uh, verse 11. Luke chapter 7, verse 11. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord, when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the buyer. And they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. Let's pray. Father, would you add your blessing to the reading and examination of your holy word? We believe in our heart of, in our heart of hearts and our minds that this is not just an ordinary book. This isn't even a special book. This is the book of all books. This is the Word of God. So we plead with you today that you would give us something that will speak to our minds and to our hearts. And it's in the lovely name of the Lord Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, so there there are several things in this passage that I'd like to show you and as I believe the Holy Spirit would have us concentrate on a little bit. The first thing that really kind of struck me was that this man was dead. Now, someone's saying, well, thanks for pointing that out, Captain Obvious. (laughs) It says that he was dead, but no, no, he was really dead. Like, he was dead, dead, dead. He was graveyard dead. He was headed for the cemetery dead. He was dead. But that's not all. This is one of three occasions where Jesus raised someone from the dead. On one occasion, it was a 12-year-old girl. On another occasion, it was his dear friend Lazarus. And then what I did is I went back and I looked at all those three occasions, and then something struck me. Something struck me as I looked at those three occasions. In the case of the 12-year-old girl, Jesus said she wasn't dead, even though she was dead by all human perspective. What did he say, though? He said she was asleep. And then, in the case of Lazarus, when the news came of his illness, Jesus purposely waited a couple of days, which is actually very interesting in and of itself, before he ventured out to the graveside. 
His disciples, you remember? His disciples were mystified by his delay. And finally, Jesus said to them, Lazarus was asleep. But they didn't understand that. Finally, just, just so they could get some really clear understanding of the situation, he finally said, plain as day, point blank, Lazarus is dead. But from Jesus' perspective, he wasn't dead. He was asleep. What that shows us is three kinds of people exist in this world. That's all there is as far as death is concerned, three kinds of people. In the case of the little girl, he said she was asleep. But why would Jesus say she was asleep? Because she hadn't died spiritually yet. Do you remember what Adam, do you remember what God said to Adam in the garden? He said, in the day that thou eatest thereof, ye shall surely, what? Go to sleep? No, no, he didn't say that, did he? He said, thou shalt surely die. That was a reference to the fact that his spirit would die within him. The Bible speaks very clearly, particularly in Romans chapter, chapter 4, chapter 5, and chapter 7, that a child, until they reach that age where they can understand the fact that their sin is a personal thing, and it's a personal violation against a holy, righteous, and eternal God, they're not saved, but they're safe. They're not saved, but they're safe. So if they die before that time of personal accountability for their sin arrives in their lives, they are, in God's estimation, asleep. Now, before somebody freaks out, I'm not teaching soul sleep, like uh, you know that false doctrine that uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses teach and the Seventh-day Adventists teach. But they are asleep from God's perspective. They're not going to be held accountable for their sin. All right, now let's look at our friend Lazarus. Lazarus was a believer. And because he was a believer, again, this man is asleep. But in this particular case, notice that the Bible clearly says that the son of the widow of Nain is a man. He wasn't just a child. He was a man, and he was dead. The Bible says uh, as you grow up and reach that time of accountability, you're dead in your, in your trespasses and sin. Jesus said that uh, the, the only accommodation that will move you beyond that is the new birth. You must be born again. You must be born again. So this man is a type of a lost, dead sinner who was never born again. He was dead. And I I also find it interesting that not only did Jesus have compassion on the family of the little 12-year-old girl, not only did he have compassion for Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, Jesus also had great compassion for people that are lost in sin. That Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Isn't that what it says? So the man is dead. He's not a child. He's a man. Not only that, but the text also tells us that he's the only son of a widow. The only son of a widow. She has no husband, and now she has no child. There's no one on record to lend her that 
real uh, level of personal comfort that any woman in this particular set of circumstances would seek. Even though there's a large gaggle of people around, which we'll address momentarily, in those quiet hours, in those uh, lonely hours, when, when she's in her bed crying great tears for her loss, there is no one to comfort her except Jesus. She's a widow. The Bible says there were much people with her. Look at the end of verse 12. And she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. Now, why there was such a large group of people, I don't know. The Bible doesn't really say. But, you know, many funerals are conducted to this very day with very few, if any, people there. There are homeless people that are buried all the time, and there's no one there. They're what we call pauper's graves. Sometimes even unidentified bodies, you know, the the John Doe's, the Jane Doe's. Sometimes we don't even know who they are. That in and of itself is really, really kind of sad. You know, I heard about a young preacher once that was that was called by a local funeral director to hold a graveside service for a homeless man who had no family or friends. And he was excited to do it. It was his first funeral that he ever did. And uh, the funeral was to be held at a cemetery, and it was it was really way back in the country. It was it was like a, a really a lonely, out-of-the-way place. He wasn't familiar with the area. He was new to the area, so he really wasn't familiar with it. And the funeral director gave him directions. And, you know, these directions were basically the kind you would expect in the country. You know, you know, go, go right about three miles and turn left at the barn, and the road will fork about a half mile after that. Then you stay on, the, on that road until you pass three gullies and so on and so on and so on. And he wrote them down as best he could, and he gave himself plenty of time to find this cemetery. But after driving for a period of time, he was pretty sure that he was lost. And then finally, he saw a farmer on the side of the road, so he, he stopped for directions. And sure enough, he had gone too far. And the farmer told him that he had to turn around and go back away. And you know, he was in a total panic, of course, because you know, he looked at the watch and realized that the hour had already passed for the funeral to start. And when he finally got there, he saw, he saw the backhoe and he saw two men digging, but the hearse was nowhere in sight. So, oh, man, so what do you do? So he jumped out and, and he grabbed his Bible and he, he marched over and he said to the two workmen, he goes, all right, let's pray. The workers then, you know, they just they took their hats off and they listened to the preacher pray. And then he began to preach. And then he, he went all out. He quoted Psalm 23. He uh, he went to First Thessalonians chapter four and a first view, a few verses out of First Corinthians chapter fifteen, and then he began uh, quoting out of John chapter eleven and and uh, and of that great resurrection day. And then finally, he said, "All right, let's pray." They took off their hats again. They listened to him pray. When he finished praying, he closed his Bible. He thanked the men. He turned and he walked to his car and he drove away. And as he drove off, one of the workers said to the other. I ain't never seen nothing like that before, and I've been putting in septic tanks for 30 years. Come on, that was funny. You got to laugh. You know, uh, somebody once in, in, in the, my church back in New York told me that they, they really liked the messages that I would preach, but I really need to stop telling jokes. <laughs> you know, hopefully you guys don't feel the same way. Uh, if you do, just uh, email me, let me know. 
Uh, but there are a lot of funerals that are attended by a minimal amount of people. But you see, on this occasion, the Bible says there were lots and lots of people. Now, why were there lots and lots of people? You know, maybe he was a popular high school athlete. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe they were they were wealthy despite their, the circumstances. You know, maybe it was. Maybe it was the gruesome circumstances of his death, you know, that brought the whole community together. Whatever the reason was, we don't know what engendered the great deal of compassion for this particular family that perhaps was well known. But God doesn't think it's important to even comment on it. And I want you to think about that. God doesn't think it's important to comment on why there was such a large group of people attending this funeral. And it kind of reminds me of what the Lord said when he said, what should it profit a man if he should gain the whole world but lose his own soul? And I was watching something on the television about property sales. You know, I like those shows sometimes. And there was this woman who, uh, whose husband died, and she put her house up for sale. And it was, I think they said it was the, the biggest or one of the biggest single dwellings in America, it was 56,000 square feet. And you can have a bowling alley, a movie theater in that place. You know, that's how big it is. 56,000 square feet of house is a lot of house. But you see, the Lord doesn't pay any attention to that stuff. He doesn't pay attention to how many people attend your funeral. He doesn't pay attention to uh, your level of popularity. What the Lord does pay attention to is what's next. What's next? What's after the funeral? What's after the death? Our text continues, and what happens next is that the Lord comes along, and in verse 13, and when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, weep not. So I got stuck on that word compassion, and I decided that I would run down in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where it stated that Jesus had compassion on someone. And, you know, there are several of those occasions where Jesus is expressing some kind of compassion for the circumstances of some individuals. For example, in, March, in, in Mark chapter 9, Mark chapter 9, it says that he had compassion on the multitudes. And the reason he had compassion on them was because the Bible characterizes them as a people that had fainted and they had no shepherd. Then the passage goes on to say that uh, there were few laborers to go into the harvest field of these fainted, shepherdless people. So in other words, Jesus is simply saying, you know, I have compassion on these people that have no spiritual leadership. The Lord's burdened for your spiritual life. The Lord has compassion on you for your spiritual life. He will do all that he can possibly do to advance your spirituality through his compassion by, by uh, bringing you folks, bringing you literature, bringing you circumstances that will advance your spirituality. In Matthew chapter 14, he's looking out for some, uh, at some 5,000 men besides the women and children that are, uh, that are in this great group of people. He healed their sick because of his compassion. And then he fed them because they were hungry. 
So Jesus is, is compassionate sometimes just because people are hungry. But the more I began to, to, the more I looked at this list, and we'll get through it all in a minute, but the more I began to realize that these physical maladies and ailments and circumstances that are being described are really a picture of a, of, of a far greater problem. Well, you might be asking yourself, well, what's that problem? The problem is a spiritual difficulty. Do you know what Jesus is most concerned about? He's not most concerned about manufacturing fish and bread so you can eat. He's most concerned about giving you spiritual energy and spiritual nutrition and spiritual food. That's where his maximum compassion is. That's what he's most concerned about. You know, over in Mark chapter 1, there's a leper. The Bible says that Jesus had compassion on him. I don't know if you know, but leprosy is a hideous, horrible, awful disease. And always, without exception, in your Bible, leprosy is a picture of the advancing difficulty of sin. I mean, did you know? Did you know that the Bible talks more about leprosy than it does baptism? Really, it does. Imagine that. You know, way back in the book of Leviticus where God is describing a remedy for leprosy, it's not treated as a biological, physiological, or medical difficulty. It's not treated that way, even though it is. I mean, wouldn't you agree? It's a physical problem. It slowly eats your flesh away. You know, the appendages just slowly start to disappear. Toes, fingers, ears, nose. It could be absolutely wretchedly disfiguring. And God always compares it to sin. In the Old Testament, he said that, uh, that if an individual detected even a spot, a little spot that they thought might be leprous, they outlined a whole procedure for dealing with that, and step one was you went to the priest. You didn't go to the physician. Now, for sure, God wasn't opposed to the physician. You know, God has periodically endorsed physicians. After all, the very gospel that we're reading from today is in Luke. Luke was a physician. But what God is telling us is that leprosy is a picture of sin. And so it was a spiritual malady first and had to be treated that way. Jesus had compassion on that leper, the Bible says. Sorry, I needed to get some water there. Then over in Matthew chapter 20, there are two blind men that Jesus approaches, and he has compassion on their blindness. One of the most difficult and heart-wrenching things that we have to deal with is spiritual blindness. It's especially evident when we try to talk to people about the Lord and try to convince them that about their, their great need and necessity of salvation. It's kind of like there's a, there's a great dark shade that's drawn over their eyes and they just can't see it. They, they can't get it. They can't comprehend it. I mean, you try and you try and you pray, Lord, how can that shade be lifted so that a little light can penetrate? 
It's a spiritual issue first and foremost. Jesus addresses the, uh, the issue of the present day uh, in Israel in Romans chapter 11 as a difficulty of blindness. They can't see who their Messiah Prince really is. Then over in Mark chapter 5, there's the, uh, the, the maniac of Gadara. Do you remember him? This guy is running around naked in the graveyards, terrorizing the neighborhood. You say, well, why didn't they catch him and lock him up and haul him off to South Beach Psychiatric? They tried. They tried. But he was endowed with such supernatural demonic strength that he broke the chains and fetters they bound him with. I mean, snap, you know, just like spaghetti. And he's off running around the graveyards. Now, you know, and I think I mentioned this once before, but, you know, demons have an affinity for the dead. That's why you need to get out of the dead state and into the live one. Here's this maniac acting like someone that's, uh, that's totally out to lunch. You know, the devil can really mess with you. You know, these days, places like psychiatric hospitals don't want the doctors to treat them. Instead, the first course of, course of action is always, always to medicate them, isn't it? It's just a matter of shoving more pills, shoving more pills, keeping them medicated all the time. You know, the Word of God has a dynamic effect on a twisted mind. Here, the Word of God showed up in the flesh. That's John 1.14. And had compassion on this poor, demented, twisted, wretched mind. And at the command of Jesus, all the demons gone. On another occasion, in Mark chapter 9, there's a man who brings his demon-possessed son to Jesus. And of course, the man is beside himself. I mean, wouldn't you be? He said, my son often throws himself into the water and into the fire. So in other words, he had these enormous suicidal tendencies. And the father is just absolutely grieved beyond compare. And the Bible says that Jesus had compassion on him and solved the problem. Jesus' compassion is never-ending. It just keeps extending. In every one of these scenarios where we find it that Jesus had compassion, it's a picture of a larger, greater problem and that problem is a spiritual one. And with that, we're going to take our next break, and we'll be back right after this. Don't go away.
Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello. Uh, we are studying compassion in the scriptures tonight. Um, Kurt had asked a question. Let me see. I'm going to pull it up here in the chat group. Uh, Kurt asked if there was a specific age of accountability. Um, I don't believe so. I don't believe that you can pinpoint a specific um, number to it. Uh, basically because, um, well, think of it like this. Uh, there are some children who come to a realization of sin uh, at a young age, you know, uh, and then there are uh, children who don't come to that point till they're in their early teens. And then, of course, you have, uh, from time to time, you have folks that um, are uh, disabled uh, mentally, um, that or may not be in their right frame of mind that never uh, really matured enough to the point where they come to a realization of what sin is or understand what sin is. And I think that um, I think those folks are safe as well. Um, so can I put a specific number to the age of accountability? No. I just think that it's it's the point in that person's life when sin is actually realized. So I uh, hope that answers your question, Kurt. Um, it's kind of it's a it's a good question. It's probably something we should discuss uh, by email at some point. But uh, really good question, though. Thank you for it. I appreciate that. All right, so we're going to get back into the message here. Uh, take your Bibles and go over to. Uh, let's look at verse fourteen of uh, Luke chapter seven. Uh, and he came and touched the buyer. 
that's the thing that they're carrying them on to the cemetery. Uh, that's, uh, you know, the, the pallbearers are there, and there's at least one on each corner, and they're carrying them towards the burial ground. Jesus touched the buyer. Now, here's a question for you. I wonder why Jesus didn't touch the body. Do you know? Do you know why? I'm sure a couple of you know why. Some of you probably don't. Well, Jesus didn't touch the body because back in Numbers chapter 19, people were commanded that if they touch a dead body, they would be unclean for seven days because a dead body is considered unclean. You can scrub it down. You could wash it up and down. You can do anything you want to it. But in God's estimation, it's still an unclean thing. So in Numbers chapter 19, all of, all of those that had to touch bodies, I mean, obviously, you know, somebody had to touch the bodies, right? You needed to have funeral directors and undertakers, right? I mean, somebody has to do it. So God didn't say they were cursed. God simply said that if they touched a dead body, it was a seven-day period of being unclean, and the prescription was this. Uh, in the third day, they had to go through this ritual of cleansing, and then on the seventh day, if they conformed to that, they were declared to be clean. Jesus didn't touch the body because Jesus' compassion could not be suspended for seven days. Jesus' compassion is never suspended, not for seven seconds, let alone seven days. that makes sense? So Jesus, who himself said that he came to fulfill the law, knew the law and said, I can't touch the body, but I can touch the buyer. And that's what he did. That's not all. I noticed that those that, that bear him stood still. The Bible says, and they that bear him stood still. In all probability, they didn't know who he was. That's the most probable reason. Let me put a contemporary perspective on this for a moment. All right, so there's a, a funeral procession going down to the cemetery, right? And, uh, and I see it going up Main Street, and I just walk out into the middle of Main Street, and, and I stop the hearse, you know, stop! Well, they're going to really look at me like, like deer caught in the headlights, aren't they? Well, what's this guy doing? I don't have the power of Jesus, so this is really just a mythical illustration, okay? I just want to be clear on that one. I don't need anybody thinking any more of me than what they should. But uh, using the power of your imagination, momentarily, just think about this like this. They stop, okay? I go up to the fellow that's driving the hearse, and I tell him what I want to do. And I tell him I want him to open up the back door and pull that coffin out. Do you think they're going to pay any attention to me? No, they're going to be, on, they're going to be calling 911 saying there's a lunatic out here in the middle of the street. They're not going to pay any attention to me. What was it about Jesus that made them stop, that made them stand still? What was it about Jesus that was different from any other citizen? The very words of Jesus that commanded the universe to come into existence can command the universe of life to come to an immediate halt. The words of Jesus are so incredibly powerful that we continually underestimate their power and their resonance. Isn't that true? The words of Jesus. 
Do you realize that on one occasion, and yes, it was the words of Jesus, because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Do you remember on one occasion, clear back in the book of Joshua, where the Israelites, at the command of God, were engaged in a battle with the enemy? The battle was prolonged and protracted, and the Lord decided that it was time for them to, to it was time for him to basically intervene. And do you know what the Lord did? He said, I'm, I'm just going to make the sun stand still. And so he did. It says about a day. Not a whole day. It says about a whole day. You know, for centuries, critics have laughed and lampooned that one particular text. They said that, they, they've said God at the very best was just uh, inspirationally speaking. And then NASA comes along. Uh, there was a scientist in Greenbelt, Maryland, uh, by the name of Howard Hill. This was years and years ago. And they started clunking around with their computers like they do, and they started charting all these things that happen in, in space. And, you know, everything's on a circuit or a cycle out there in space. That's how, that, that's how we know that sometimes Venus is the evening star and sometimes it's the morning star, depending on where it is in its orbit. So as they studied their data, they started to notice something wasn't quite right, and they started to go backward through time, you know, comparing it to the position of the planetary system. You know, there was something wrong. They noticed something was wrong. One of the other scientists asked him, you know, what was wrong, and he told him, he goes, hey, you know, we're missing a day. The other scientist said, well, that's impossible. You can't be missing a day. He goes, well, we are. We're missing a day. Something's wrong. So they got their heads together, and they tried to figure this thing out. And one of the scientists said, now don't laugh, but I remember when I was in Sunday school when I was a kid, they talked about the sun standing still. So needless to say, they all had a good laugh, right? Well, where does it say that? So he said, well, I don't know. I'll, I'll go home and find it. And he did. He went home. He dusted off his family Bible. He opened it up, and he found, he found it, and it said about a whole day. They all said that that was, you know, it was pretty hard to swallow, but they agreed that they were missing a whole day. Then he said, wait a minute, I think I remember back in my Sunday school days as a child, you know, so you know, maybe it does you know, pay to bring your child to Sunday school you know, once in a while. It was a commercial. He said, I think there's another occasion where the sun went backwards. Now you're really far out. I mean, you're out there on the lunatic fringe, right? And you better straighten up or we'll put you on Prozac. He said, no, really, it's in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah talks about a king by the name of Hezekiah. And Isaiah, the prophet, was told by God to tell Hezekiah that he was going to die. Hezekiah prayed, and he cried to God. And God said, okay, I'm going to give you an extra 15 years. So Hezekiah asked for a sign, and the sign was this. Either the sun was going to go back 10 degrees or go forward 10 degrees. I mean, well, it'd be no big deal if it goes forward, but it would be a really big deal if it went backward, right? So it went backward 10 degrees, and then it went forward 10 degrees to catch up. Do you know what that is? That's 20 minutes. Those guys discovered in Joshua that they were missing 23 hours and 40 minutes. About a whole day. They got the other 20 minutes over in Isaiah. I mean, that's just far out. Amen? 
I know. And that, that, that stuff that you won't learn from PBS, NBC, ABC, CBS, or even Fox News. Why? Because they don't want you to know that the Bible is so correct. But it is. They stood still. At this moment in time, everything is standing still. Jesus has compassion. Now, it could be very well that you're sitting here listening to this, and at this very minute, God in his compassion has alleviated your mind of every other consideration, and time is just standing still for you while you contemplate the compassion of Jesus Christ. He is so compassionate that he willingly and literally died for your sins. Time is standing still because just for a few moments, through the grace of God, he wants you to forget about all the extracurricular activities and problems of your life. And he's focusing your full and undivided attention upon one thing, one thing, the compassion of Jesus Christ. He doesn't want you to go to hell. He doesn't want you to suffer for your sins. He doesn't want you to have to die and be dead without any hope of a resurrection. He wants you, as you go through this life, to know that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by him, that he is the resurrection and the life. Sometimes time stands still. Well, he who spoke the universe into existence spoke and issued a command that could not be ignored. He said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. Even a dead man can't ignore that. I mean, you could be deader than a doornail, and when the Lord says to you, arise, you're going to rise. He doesn't force that on us as living dead people. He offers it as an opportunity if we'll avail avail ourselves of it. Within every believer, there's a dead spirit that is in a desperate need to arise. The final evidence that something supernatural happened in this man's life was his ability to speak. It says, and he that was dead sat up and began to speak. Now, the world's introduced so much bad information, evolution, and so forth, you know, trying to convince you and the world that we're simply a product of evolution, and all of our ancient ancestors were part of the animal kingdom. Uh, the difficulty with that is, is that why can't you find any animals today that can, at least, that can speak, at least partially? Animals don't talk. God breathed into Adam the breath of life, and he became a living soul. One of the evidences of that living soul was that he had the ability to speak. He was able to communicate verbally. That's an expression of something that is, that, that, that is unique and different and one of a kind. This man wasn't a zombie. He, wasn't a living, he was a living soul once again because he could speak. The primary method of communication that God uses with us is speaking to us through words. And if you've got your King James Bible in front of you, you've got them written down right there in front of you. Those are the words of God. Interestingly, as, as the book expresses itself over and over and over again, it doesn't say that it's the thoughts of God. They're the words of God. 
Words are an extension of thoughts. So the young man sat up and he began to speak. Do you know about that time? His mother was somewhere between Jupiter and Venus, right? I mean, in her heart, in her mind, she had to ask if it was real or if it was possible that she was going to get her son back. And the last thing we read in this story is, and he delivered him to his mother. I mean, isn't that one of the best gifts you could have ever experienced? He delivered him to his mother. Oh, but there's something else we need to observe about that, though. Turn with me over to Galatians. Go with me over to Galatians in chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, verse 26. The Bible compares heaven to mother. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free. So it's not talking about Jerusalem that's in the Middle East. It's not talking about the one where the armies of the world are going to camp around. By the way, they're headed in that direction. It's talking about the heavenly Jerusalem, which is above. And get this, which is the mother of us all. Now, Galatians is addressed to believers. It's the mother of us all. Now, you have two opposing opinions on that. You see one, the popular, the worldly one, the one on the bumper stickers, right? You've seen them. The picture of the earth, and it says, be kind to your mother. It might be your mother, but it's not mine. It used to be because I came out of the dust of it. It used to be my mother, but it's not anymore because I was adopted into a new family. And now God says, my new family resides in the new Jerusalem, which is above, and I should set my affections on things above and not the things of this earth. And one day, I'm going to mom's house. You know, I didn't grow up in a church-going or Bible-believing family, but one of the things I remember growing up was how much I couldn't wait for Sunday. Sunday in an Italian home. Sunday morning, mom or grandma would make a sauce with the meatballs and the sausage and the brajol and the bread. Man, that was good. I mean, it was so good, it would make your tongue come out of your mouth and smack your eyeballs out. I mean, it was, it was wonderful. I wish I appreciated it more then. And I would remember playing outside, and Mom would call us in for dinner, and I would run up, open the door, and the aroma of the fresh sauce and the bread coming out, it was, oh, it was I was like instantly in good boy mode, right? I, I couldn't wait to wrap my lips around a slice of that bread dipped in the sauce, sprinkled with a little bit of Parmesan on top. It was wonderful. And the taste, oh, my gosh. Anybody getting hungry? I am. I think I'm going to have some sauce after this. But you ever stop and think about it? The Lord puts great emphasis on what we see when we get to heaven. He also puts emphasis on what we're going to hear when we get to heaven. What escapes us is this. The Bible also talks a great deal about the incredible aromas. For example, God says that prayer on the part of us, the saints, is like a, a sweet-smelling savor in the nostrils of God. You're going to smell things when you get to heaven. I mean, when you're about 36,000 light years away from the front door and all of a sudden some 
incredible aromas are going to going to hit you. And you know what's going to register in your brand new immortal brain? I'm going home. I'm going home. Before you ever lay lay eyes on it, your new incorruptible ears. You're you're going to smell it, and you're going to say. I'm going home. It'll be grand. There's nothing like mom's house. Nothing like it. Are you going home? Are you sure? Maybe you're not sure. Maybe you're not. Well, Jesus has compassion for you. Don't reject his compassion. Don't pull your shoulder away from his compassion. Don't turn yourself away from it. Turn full forward toward it and receive it and say, this day, right now, where you are, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I am like that young man on the way to the cemetery, dead in trespasses and sins. But I want to receive you and trust you I want you to be my Savior. And not only will he give you the satisfaction of forgiveness, he'll also give you an absolute undying assurance of heaven as home. I go to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for today's message, Lord, we want to thank you for the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I look forward to going home. I look forward to the day that I enter into, into the new Jerusalem and I see the sights, I hear the sounds, and I smell the aromas, and I'll know that I'm home. And it's my prayer right now, Heavenly Father, that anyone under the sound of my voice who doesn't have that assurance can walk away today with it. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But I want to receive you and I want to trust you. I want you to be my Savior. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. And Heavenly Father, I pray that you would Move someone under the sound of my voice to say that, to utter those words from their heart and truly be saved. And we will thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, folks, uh, that should just about do it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you could, please head over to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and uh, fill out that uh, contact form and send us over a message. Email me directly, info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Look for the support this podcast button. And uh, Lord willing, we'll see you on Thursday. Until then, God bless you. Have a great day. Take care. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. 
If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.